Welcome to the What You Should Have Been Taught podcast, where we talk about everything you should have been taught in school but weren't. In particular, we'll focus on finances, fitness, and creating a phenomenal life on your terms. I'm your host, Kate Hildreth, a former USA rugby player, entrepreneur, and real estate investor. I'm also LGBTQ, so if you're looking for a queer mentor you can trust, you finally found one. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Well, I'm extremely excited today to introduce you to two of my favorite people and favorite entrepreneurs who are challenging uh, the status quo and taking on big topics like social justice and racial justice. And of course, seeing female entrepreneurs stepping into the spotlight is huge. So Kate and Rachel, welcome. And I'm excited to put a spotlight on your mission. Great. We're glad to be here. Absolutely. Can I ask you, who are you and how did you meet? Yeah, I would be happy to. So we are just two best friends who met in college. We lived across the hall from each other um, and we were in the same Gov 101 classes and used to just debate Machiavelli and Plato all the time, uh, which really tells you how exciting our college life was. Um, <laughs> and we uh, have just kept up all throughout the years. Um, and I think our bond has really grown because we're both educators. Um, and so we stay passionate about that as Teach for America alum um, and continuing to just talk about politics and a little reality TV mixed in there too. It's important. Yes. <laughs> I should also add, Rachel is the godmother for my baby. So that's yeah. a big deal too. That's, yeah. that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. Did she miss anything on that, Kate, or would you agree that that is how you met and uh, who you are at your core? Yes, I would. I would agree. Just uh, I'm fortunate to have Rachel in my life as a friend and now as somebody who I'm engaging in this exciting endeavor with. I would agree. So what was the origin of Patriots Believe? I know how you two met, but how did this endeavor take place? Sure. So this endeavor really started uh, through a conversation that we had when Rachel came to visit. So uh, we were just having a, a, a standard visit, I guess. She came down to Florida and we were on a drive with my wife and we were talking about, you know, just sort of the state of the country and the state of the, the nation. And what I was expressing was that I wanted uh, to fly an American flag outside of our home, but I wanted to fly it with a Black Lives Matter sign and a rainbow flag. And I was like, that is what I want to see the American flag next to. Um, and my wife said, you are not doing that. <laughs> that doesn't actually sound safe right now. Um, and that prompted a whole conversation about how sad that is, that that might actually be unsafe not only is it not necessarily the general reality, but actually perhaps unsafe. And so it prompted a conversation then, well, what, what are we really getting at? What, what was the sentiment that I was trying to get at? And, and Rachel kind of jumped in at that point to help with the sentiment a bit. Rachel, do you want to add anything to where you jumped in? Yeah, I was just trying to mediate because honestly, I was really on her wife's side. I was like, read the room. You live in Florida. <laughs> this is not going to work well with you. But I still want to be able to just validate how you're feeling. 
Um, and so Kate really talked about how she just wanted to amplify that these were all values that were important to her. Like America was important, Black Lives Matter was important. And so was her identity, um, identifying as someone in the LGBTQ plus community. And so how can we honor all of that in the same time and let people know that they all coexist? And when she said it like that, that she just wanted like that visual representation, I was like, well, you flying those three flags at one house is not going to do that. It will endanger your family, but it's not going to amplify the message in the way you want to. So what are some ways we can do that? How can we create those messages? Um, and it ultimately led us to starting Patriots Believe uh, and creating merchandise so people can share what are the values that are important to them. What's so interesting as you're talking about this is that inherently these things shouldn't be in conflict these these identities right and these value systems but right now they are and so what you're doing and correct me if i've understood this correctly is you're you're integrating them back to there never should have been a divide they are not separate concepts but for some reason the associations have completely um moved into different directions yeah what what we actually well i'll say i found it in myself was um i found myself really feeling um, disconnected and wanting to separate from the American flag, from the idea of patriotism, the identity of a patriot. I was like, that is not me. And, and as we had this conversation, it sort of dawned on me how sad it was that we had just kind of given that up. Um, and how we have just as much right to say we're a patriot and we have just as much right to say what patriots believe, which is that black lives matter and that no human is illegal and that love is love. And that just because that's not what we were hearing most doesn't mean it's not the truth. And it doesn't mean it's not what we can and should stand up and say. And what's beautiful about that is that was the topic I wanted to dig into in detail, which is what are your core beliefs as a company? You've touched on a, a couple of them. Yeah, well, so we have seven main slogans right now, <laughs> which each obviously touches on a value that we hold dear. Um, and we think the vast majority of this country holds dear as well. So um, we really do believe that Black Lives Matter, and we think most of this country believes Black Lives Matter. Um, that love is love, no human is illegal, healthcare is a human right, civil voter rights are civil rights women control women control wombs and not just women women plus control wombs and climate change is real did i get them rachel you got them all good job all right. <laughs> good memory and you know what's interesting even in preparing for this interview when i was sharing how excited i was to do it um i had someone say that they had such a charge around the term patriots and i said to them that is the point your reaction, your nervousness around this, this word is exactly why they're using it. <laughs> um, could you speak to, to that sentiment? And have you heard that from other people? Oh, yeah, we've definitely heard from people. Uh, oh, I don't know if I'm a patriot. <laughs> like, I always rock with everything you do. But like, mm, I don't really want to be associated with that. And I think it's because we've watched the word patriot and just the idea of patriotism be co-opted by the right wing with over the last five years. Um, and so it's important that we bring that back, but it's also important that we make the distinction between patriotism and also nationalism, which is what we've seen um, through the previous presidential administration. Um, and so that's a big part of it is just re-educating 
and also getting folks who may not agree with us, uh, who don't share the same liberal progressive values to just see these shirts, see these messages and be like, hmm, do patriots believe that women plus control wounds? And just have that like moment of thinking. And I, one of the things Kate and I love is that as we wear these shirts, you see people's brains moving of like, oh, wait a minute, what is happening? And you can see one person smile and give you a head nod and the other one just confused and trying to figure out, do I rock with you? Do I not? And that, that's really what we've been going for. I love that. And you've shared a little about uh, your personal history with me before, Rachel. How how are the origins of your own family rooted in in these topics and these values? Yeah, so I am a patriot through and through. I have so many people in my family who were in the service. My dad was a Marine before I was born. Uh, but as he says, once a Marine, always a Marine. So that has just been the core of who we are. My uncles and my grandfather served. Um, and so I was just raised with a tremendous amount of pride of what America is and people who fight for it um, and the value of it. And so I was always told, growing up, like you have to find a way to serve your country. And I was like, I'm not going to make it through boot camp. I know that I'm probably not even going to make it through the Peace Corps. <laughs> and I did AmeriCorps <laughs> because that message and that value of doing something to give back to America was always so important. But there was also a time in my life when I was little where my mother got enraged because we had an American flag in our house. We would fly it a lot. Um, but I was like, oh, there's Reagan's flag. She's like, it's what do you mean that's Reagan's flag? I was like, you know, Ronald Reagan, he's always got the flag behind him. And he represent, he represented so many values that were just absolutely counter to how my mother was trying to raise my sister and I. And she was like, this is your flag. I remember being a little girl and she was like, these stars and stripes belong to you. Our ancestors built this country. This does not belong to this man just because he stands by it and never let anybody take that from you. And so that message was always really strong to me. And whenever I saw it, it was like, no, that, that flag actually does belong to me. Um, and I don't want people to lose that idea, uh, especially not people of color. Like we have done so much in this nation. We have built this nation. We are continuing to help it thrive. And a lot of times America doesn't show up for us in the way that we want it to. And at the same time, we need to stay and continue to fight for this nation to make it live up to the ideals that it said it wanted to at its founding. Um, and I think we can only do that if we continue to stay engaged and continue to fight for it. As you were talking, I was thinking the story about Reagan, that association in its way, when there's enough of it becomes like possession or belonging, like that it, you, it, it gets correlated. And so what's beautiful well, what you're doing is you're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're associating with it to reclaim it. Yes, exactly. And, and Kate, why is this mission important to you? Sure. Um, much like Rachel, I think it sort of runs in my family. My dad was in the Navy um, and my mom is a passionate social justice advocate through and through um, and certainly raised me that it is important to uh, work towards social justice um, in all the different uh, ways that that shows up. And so, um, and, and I do love this country. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm from Ohio. <laughs> we have flags and we are the heartland of America. 
and there are great, great people in Ohio. I mean, across the country. Um, and, and I love this country. And so, you know, we, we joked sort of over the last, I think many people did, half the time probably wasn't a joke, but the last four years off, we got to leave. Like we got to get out. This is too much. Um, but I don't want to, I love this country and, and I want it to reflect the values that I know are possible. I know we can do this. We, we are better than what we are right now. So. I love that. And when we were talking about the seven core beliefs, uh, obviously they all speak to me. The one that I heard you, I heard you say plus after women. So could you speak to what that plus means and why you chose to include it? Sure. Uh, so the the origin of that slogan really, well, obviously reproductive rights are something that are important to us as women and generally. <laughs> um, and so we started thinking about what a slogan could be around that. And it was back in 2019 and uh, the Alabama legislature had 25 white men who effectively banned abortion. Um, and you know there were some pictures running around Facebook of these 25 white guys making these sweeping decisions about women's health. And it was just so gross. I mean, it, it just is a gross image, frankly. Um, and so we, we, we looked at that and we were like, no, it's women that control wombs. Women control wombs, period, end of story. Um, and then Rachel said though, she was like, I mean, yes, but that's not quite right. <laughs> um, because there are folks who don't identify as women but control wombs or are impacted by reproductive health. And so, uh, you know, not being trans or non-binary identifying folks ourselves, we reached out to some some friends who are. And um, CJ, I hope you're okay with me sharing. We we, re we reached out to you as one of those folks to to say, you know, here's the sentiment we're getting at, but how's a way that we could do this that's still inclusive? Um, and so we talked with you about adding the plus um, to to represent and reflect everybody who is impacted by reproductive health. Um, and so that's sort of where we are now. And, you know, I, I, I anticipate that might change. That slogan might change over time. And we're certainly open to that. Um, but it's kind of where we've started now. Rachel, would I you love, add anything? I love that. No, I think you, I think you spoke it really eloquently. Like we just wanted to make sure that it's not men who are in control. Um, and that it's really this community of people who are bringing families um, into their lives uh, and that that is women plus. And so how can we just make sure to really amplify that message? And, and I loved it when you reached out to ask me about this because the plus is in itself inherently expansive, right? It's plus beyond um, additionally, all of these people. And it can, it can be used as a little footnote, which is what's so beautiful as well. You'll check with visually for the footnote. And it's like, yes, this also includes non-binary, trans, gender expansive, undefined, um, and people we can't even understand why they'd be impacted, but we know that their values are important. And so I thought it was a beautiful way to encompass all of that. Yeah. And I think we talked about this previously. If that has to evolve with time, what I love about you as entrepreneurs is I know you're, you will evolve uh, as we get feedback from more and more people. And I think it's just a really neat way to leave the space open for the future too. Yeah, yeah please. If there are folks out there listening who have ideas, hit us up. Absolutely. You also have a really interesting profit sharing structure for your company. Could you speak to why you chose that structure and, and what it means to you? 
Rachel, do you want to start with our donation piece? Yeah, so we're really excited about this. Um, Kate and I are doing this. We still have full-time jobs outside of Patriots Believe, um, but this work is really a passion project for us because we feel like if we can energize liberals and progressives to associate themselves with patriotism, then we're going to be able to inspire and multiply and really amplify um, these messages in this fight for social and racial justice. Uh, just across the country and heading into the years that come. But we wanted to do that. And it was really important to me that we do it in a way where we're just not taking in the money, but we're actually giving back to organizations who have been in these fights for these seven core beliefs all along. Um, and so we decided from the get-go before we had any designs created, let's make this a profit sharing model. So 50% of all of our profits actually go to organizations that have been doing this work for a long time. So we starting off with a couple of organizations. The first is Southern Poverty Law Center. Their reach just impacts so many different areas. Um, so they have done work uh, tracking hate crimes that have happened across the country and identifying who are those hate groups um, and how can we combat them. They also have a division within their organization that teaches about identity and bias and how can educators and parents create anti-bias education for their students and children. Um, but they're also on the front lines of like lawsuits that are fighting against anti-immigration stands um, and are fighting voter suppression. And so we are excited to be able to donate to them. We're also with our No Human is Illegal campaign supporting United We Dream, which is an organization that is actually the largest youth-led organization fighting for immigration rights. Um, and so they have chapters all across the country and you've seen them on the front lines and maybe not known that it was them um, with youth who are doing protests in support of making sure that DACA is safe, but going beyond DACA and making sure that children who came here are, make, are like taken care of and that immigration is humane. Um, and some of the things that we've seen happening at the border over the last five years are reversed and that we really create a just strong immigration system for everyone trying to come and live out the American dream, quote unquote. Um, and then we also are just looking for uh, ways to make sure as we're doing this, because education is so important that a lot of the organizations also are impacting youth. And so our final uh, campaign that we're supporting right now with our initial profits is GLSEN. And so GLSEN uh, for decades has supported creating um, curriculum and training teachers on how do we start gay straight student alliances within our middle and high schools um, and how can we teach students to be proud of their identity but also how can we teach other students who identify as straight to be allies what does that look like um, and so we are proud to support them and not only to provide that 50% profit share but also to just be able to amplify the work that they do so that even if someone's like, mm, I don't want to buy a t-shirt right now, but oh, wow, now I know about Southern Poverty Law Center, or I had no idea United We Dream existed, let me go start donating. That's now possible. And I know that choosing organizations that have high impact uh, and really great values takes some research, so kudos for digging into that. And, and yes, that's profound that you've already done all the research so we can be confident it's going to the right place. Yes. <laughs> And Kate, is there another component to speak to here? 
<laughs> there is. So we have 50% that's going to uh, the organizations that Rachel spoke about that are so important. Um, the, the remaining money then first and foremost goes back into the company in order to be able to function. So we have our website, we have the production costs. Um, and then anything that is remaining, we've decided to, to share along equity lines, racial equity in particular. So uh, obviously Rachel is a black woman, I'm a white woman. <laughs> and in this country, for anyone who doesn't know, um, uh, black women make 61% um, on average to what white women make. And so what we decided to do was to split the profit along those lines. So in the additional pieces, Rachel makes 61% where I make 39. Um, and we thought we thought this was important for a couple reasons. One, it, it highlights this for folks who don't know um, that this is not a thing of the past. This is happening right now. Um, so to help draw attention to that, to actually then do something about it. So, I mean, we are two friends who can do something about this right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're gonna do that. And then I think it also hopefully inspires others to consider what that might look like, what, um, what profit sharing along equity lines could look like. Um, and so we hope that it will open some conversations and that others might follow suit. You know, I love two things about it. One is that you're correcting an issue that's right now in time, but what, what specifically, you're saying this is a problem and I'm taking an immediate action. You know, we can't change everything in the world, but we can take an immediate action in areas we care about. It's a great example of just taking immediate action. Um, and then the second thing is, I think it's just a great example or template that other people can follow if they feel inspired. So I, I think it's very powerful for both of those reasons. Thank you. Well, we hope that other folks will follow suit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're excited uh, about it. Just even being able to share uh, one of, when we announced this just to our Patriots Believe community of uh, the fact that black women make 21% less than white women on average um, across the nation. And that, that ultimately leads to a loss of over a million dollars over a lifetime. So many people responded and were like angry and said, I didn't know. Um, and so just even getting that information out so people are conscious and aware of it within their own workplace. I think it's huge, even if they decide not to take that leap, but we want them to take that leap as well, especially folks who are starting new organizations. You haven't lost anything. Uh, you're just creating opportunities to make a change. And awareness is the foundation of all change. So bringing that level of awareness is, is creating an incredible foundation to build up from. Um, can, I, this, can I add one other, one other thing? Because we've gotten a couple of questions about this and you know, folks are like, uh, well, you're, I mean, I'll just say to me, they're like, you're going to lose money. You're, you're losing more money. Um, but I think that's part of our whole problem is we look at it in entirely the wrong way. I don't think this is going to lose money. I think this is going to make money because I think people want to invest in something that is doing something different and is equitable. And so if more organizations were doing this, I think they'd be doing better. <laughs> and I hope that we can prove that um, so that we stop thinking about it in this way of of loss or zero sum, so. And we're part of a whole. That's one of my issues when people become too internally focused is that there is the internal, the, the singular part, but there's also the singular part that's part of a whole. And without the second awareness, you're a fragment in, in the world. So that's never made sense to me individually as well. They have to understand that you're part of a collective. Yeah. 
this leads me beautifully into another question that I wanted to explore, which is you've now been friends for decades and you're doing this together. What, what are, what's something you've learned from each other over decades of friendship? Rachel, you want to go first? Or you want me to dive in? You dive in. I need to think about that. That's an awesome question. Yeah. Um, oh, I've learned a, a lot from Rachel. Um, I will say she inspires me um, to, to frankly work hard <laughs> um, because Rachel is brilliant and she is tireless and fearless and she inspires me to do the same. I mean, this is, I don't know in a different way to say it, but Rachel's got some balls on her and <laughs> inspires me. Um, and so I've really learned that from her, you know, she's been doing our social media and some of the things she puts out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know that I would be courageous enough to put that out there. And she does it and it's amazing. And I love it. Um, so I've really, I've really learned uh, that. And then I'll say sort of in the racial justice area, I, you know, am just grateful for the the friendship that she has offered and what I've learned from her. I mean, I'm, I have uh, certainly not always shown up in this friendship in the way that is, that, that has avoided harm. Um, and Rachel continues to show up in the friendship and I'm grateful for that and for her patience um, with me. And so I've, I've, I've learned so much. Um, and obviously, I mean, she's the godmother to my kids. So, you know. <laughs> Very excited about that. Um, yeah, so as you were talking, uh, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned actually happened when we were in college. Um, so I grew up in the South, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family, and even though it was never explicitly said, it was very clear, like, talking about people in the LGBT community was just like a hushed conversation. Um, and often there's a lot of homophobia that exists within the Black community as well. And so I just hadn't really ever been exposed to people within the community. And I think that I had, now looking back, like some homophobic ideas going into school. Um, and the moment Kate was like, you know, I think I actually might be a lesbian or I might be bisexual, but I don't know. It was like, oh, I am all in. Like now I have to figure out how do I show up for you? Cause you're my best friend. I don't want to lose you. And so I need to learn how do I like deprogram myself from these messages that I heard that were somewhere implicit and some were explicit. Um, and I think that really set the groundwork for how I also just do that across other lines of social identities. Um, and so I think that's truly made me a better person. Um, I've also learned just from Kate, like how you show up when there is harm that's been done and how you apologize um, and the power of that. And uh, in my other role, I do racial justice workshops um, and I often talk about Kate and how she has shown up as a friend and how she apologizes and how that's freeing. And so like I get to share the story of who she is with other people and see how that changes companies and organizations as employees just step out and be vulnerable and are like, I did some harm here. I want to repair that. Um, and so that's been really powerful to watch as well. What's an example of when Kate has apologized to you? Yeah, so it happened uh, a couple of years ago. Um, she used to always say like I'm colorblind race doesn't matter and I always felt like it was 
uh, it like devalued my experience, um, particularly when we were in college and a, some racial harm happened on campus. Someone had spray painted the N-word and I felt completely isolated and alone as the only black woman living in that dorm room. Um, and one of only a few black people living even on that side of campus because we went to a PWI. Um, and I mean, it was like over a decade later and she was like, I realize now that by saying that I was colorblind, I was invalidating your experiences and I wasn't allowing you the opportunity to be able to process through that. Um, and I realize now that like, I need to see your blackness and I need to see how that affects you and I need to show up for it. And I swear I cried and like years came back into my life <laughs> that had been taken away just from that one moment. Um, and so it's been really powerful. That is incredibly powerful as a teaching tool for others. and. I think what you're both speaking to is a topic of friendship, but also allyship. How can you be an ally for a group other than your own? And one of the things that I always think of with regard to allyship is it's it's at its core, it's an interest or an understanding that there's an experience different than your own and wanting to actually understand that experience. <laughs> you have right. to recognize that there's a different experience and then you have to want to work toward understanding, which may not be an immediate. But when I get asked about allyship, I always say that to me, that's one of the, the core elements. Yep. Absolutely. And then I think what you're also speaking to is a degree of ownership as well, like um, self-growth and evolution and ownership of what you've done in the past, which I think, Kate, you've been a strong example of. Um, so we've talked about the messages, and I know that you said that you have gear. Why, why t-shirts and why gear to get this message into the world? Rachel, you want to do it or you want me to chat? Uh, I think it, yeah, I think we can tag team this one. So, I mean, t-shirts are just an easy way for everybody to get out there. Uh, whether you are going on a run, whether you are like, oh, I just need a quick shirt to go to the grocery store, um, or I don't even want to think about what I'm going to wear today. It's the weekend. It's something you can put on and be proud of. Um, and it gets the message out there. We we can't reach as many people as we would want to, but every single person becomes a ripple effect when they wear this. And everyone that they come in contact with is seeing this message and is being challenged and is causing them to think about it. And whether the 50 people you come in contact with during the day ever buy a t-shirt, that's fine. But those 50 people are thinking about, wow, do patriots really believe love is love? Do patriots believe that voter rights are civil rights? And if so, why haven't we passed the John Lewis Act yet? Like, what do I need to go do about that? Um, and so we really just wanted to figure out a way where we could make it as visible as possible. Kate, what would you add to that? Yeah, I would say, you know, again, it started with wanting to wave the flag at the house. And then we were like, I mean, that would be good for the few people that drive down my dead end. <laughs> but <laughs> what are some ways that it could be more visible? And, and the goal really is to make these values that we hold on the inside clear on the outside. Um, and, and I'll say, I mean, they're fun to wear because you genuinely see people's brains like, what? Because what happens is people read Patriot and they, before they've gotten to the second half of the shirt, they read Patriot and they're like, oh, Patriot, I know that. And then they see a message that isn't always aligned with Patriot. And you see this moment of genuine confusion. Um, and so it, it really is putting those beliefs out there for other people to engage and interact with. Um, and 
And I've said, I mean, how amazing would it be if you were in the grocery store and you're just walking down the aisle and you see somebody who's wearing a shirt that says Patriots believe love and love is love. So, you know, that person loves this country. You know that this person also is down with the JLBT community. And then in the next aisle, you see somebody who's wearing a shirt that says Patriots believe no human is illegal. And you know, they love this country and they don't want anybody separated or deported from their families. Like that to me would be a beautiful, beautiful grocery store. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, well, we're going to make that grocery store a reality. Um, and then that said, we know t-shirts and tank tops are not everyone's jam. Um, and so we also then have made totes, water bottles, and notebooks so that those folks who maybe, um, as Rachel says, you know, you, you can't wear a t-shirt to work, but you can definitely bring a water bottle or a notebook. So just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Making it available across different environmental situations. I love that it's, um, both reflecting a core value, but it's also, like you said, getting, um, the message on the world. And I'm guessing it's prompting a lot of conversations too. And then the final thing that I reflected on is it's probably internalizing the message. If I am wearing the one about climate change, you know, patriots believe climate change is real, real. I wonder if it would shift my behavior during the day, put my attention back on my own core values. Yes. Um, so I think there's an element there too. Yes. Yes. Cause we believe that your beliefs become your words and your words become your actions. And if that's your action, then that's ultimately going to be just how you're moving uh, in the world and how you're going to want other people to move as well. And so if we're getting it and you're internalizing it and you're proud of it, like when, even when I have climate change is real, I'm like, all right, I really do need to recycle, even though it would be more convenient just to be right here. Like, mm -hmm. let me not be that person right now. Yes. Um, and so I think it just, it helps even remind you and amplify that for other folks. I really love that element of it because have you ever noticed when you're around someone you admire in an area, you behave in a way that's the, the way you want to behave. Like if you have a grandparent that taught you great values, you're, you know, your best self in their environment <laughs> or a friend who's really good in a certain area or value system. And when you're around them, you find yourself, um, if they're committed to like a healthy body, you find yourself doing things that are even better for your health or, or mental well-being. So I, I love that, um, reinforcement cycle too. Yeah. <laughs> And this is probably the most important question, which is what's the best way for people to support your mission now, and get in touch with you, both components? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, we would love for you to follow us uh, on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. We are at Patriots Believe and on Twitter, we are at Reclaim Patriots. Uh, and we also would love for you to just visit our website, www.patriotsbelieve.com. Uh, we are, you can obviously like pick up some of your gear, uh, whatever you want, but we're also going to be providing resources of like, here's what we're reading about. Here are some books you can read, podcasts you can listen to, articles that align to these values, just so you can stay more informed. And also a chance for you to just hear more from Patriots. Um, we've been hosting Patriot Chats, which we're excited about, which is an opportunity just to hear how other people across the country are grappling with these ideas and how this is inspiring them to reconnect with being a Patriot. Uh, so we'd love for you to visit that website as well. Absolutely. Kate, did she catch all of the components? Yeah, she nailed it. <laughs> I, I love it. I would just add to that, that I really echoed the... Um, visiting our social media and sharing it 
Um, one of the things that we're doing is highlighting a Patriot spotlight. So somebody who is sharing why these values resonate with them. And we'd love it for you to share that with your own social media feed so that your social media feed understands you hold those beliefs, but also so they don't feel alone. Surely you have folks in your social media food feed who, who believe in this, this, uh, concept and probably feel alone. That's the way we felt in the beginning. And so the goal here is to help connect us to one another and to not feel alone, to hear messages that resonate. So um, would encourage you to share the messages. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, let's connect on social media so I can share in your world too. You can find me everywhere using at Kate Hildreth or online at the website kadehildreth.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast.